This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. In the days since Francis's consecration that the world is saying met the request of Fatima, numerous voices from Fatima scholars have come forward saying that no, it did not meet the requests of heaven, and worse, that it would be impossible for Francis to do this consecration successfully because the central message of Fatima is penance, and very little of that was at his consecration. Penance for sins committed by earthly leadership of the church. Penance for sins committed against our Lord and Our Lady by those who profess to follow Christ. And penance for that which no modern pope or bishop would dare to acknowledge. The apostasy from the faith that has happened on a mass scale since the Second Vatican Council. That last claim may sound outlandish, but the Church was warned by members of the Roman Curia who claimed to have read the Third Secret, that the secret warned of an apostasy that started from the very top of the Church, and that the publication date of the Third Secret set for 1960 pointed to only one possible thing, the Second Vatican Council. Today I'm going to examine two things here. The first, the words of Vatican officials, including one high-ranking Orthodox-minded cardinal who for decades worked to get the Third Secret published and tried to warn the laity and the hierarchy about the very real nature of the Third Secret of Fatima and its ties to the Council. And the second, that which the vast majority of lay Catholics who love Our Lady and adhere to the messages of Fatima have failed to do to bring about the consecration. The message of Fatima is a call to repentance and penance, and it hasn't been heeded in almost any way. So let's get into this story. The warnings from members of the hierarchy began early, in the papacy of John XXIII. Cardinal Odi was a conservative theologian of the time, and had served as papal theologian under a total of five different popes, including John XXIII. He kept trying to get John XXIII to release the full Third Secret of Fatima. As you probably will recall, Sister Lucia said that the Virgin wanted the secret read and made public by the Pope of 1960. That was John XXIII, who famously said that the secret was not for our, or their, time. Cardinal Odie told him to his face that the one thing he could never forgive John XXIII for doing was not making the third secret public, which Pope John was just weary of hearing about. Why didn't he make it public? Cardinal Odie had some thoughts of his own on that. In an interview given shortly before his death in 1990, Cardinal Odie rejected the idea that the Third Secret actually had anything to do with the country that Our Lady requested to be consecrated to her Immaculate Heart, which may come as a surprise to many people. From that 1990 Telegraph interview, quote, No, on the contrary, I remain very skeptical. I believe I knew John XXIII quite well, since I spent a number of years at his side when he was at the Nunciature in Paris. If the secret had concerned realities consoling for the church like the conversion of that country or the religious rebirth of Eastern Europe, I believe that he would have brought pressure to bear to make the secret public. By temperament, he did not hesitate to communicate joyful things. But when I asked him during an audience why, in 1960, when the obligation to keep the secret secret had come to an end, he had not made public the last part of the message of Fatima, he responded with a weary sigh. He then said, don't bring that subject up with me, please. What happened in 1960 that might have been seen in connection with the secret of Fatima? The most important event is, without a doubt, the launching of the preparatory phase of the Second Vatican Council. 
Therefore, I would not be surprised if the secret had something to do with the convocation of Vatican II. From the attitude Pope John showed during our conversation, I deduced, but it is only a hypothesis, that the secret might contain a part that could have a rather unpleasant ring to it. John XXIII had convened the council with the precise intention of directing the forces of the church toward the solution of the problems that concern all of humanity, beginning from within. That is, he intended the work to begin with the evangelical perfection pursued by consecrated persons. But we all know that, despite the great merits of the council, many sad things have also taken place. These sad things are not due to the council, but they took place in conjunction with the council. I am thinking, for example, of the number of priests who have abandoned the priesthood. It is said that there have been 80,000, but one only has to recall the anguish which with the Holy Father, Paul VI, in 1968 cried out against the auto-demolition taking place in the church, to include the smoke of Satan, quote. That I would not be surprised if the third secret alluded to dark times for the church, grave confusions, and troubling apostasies within Catholicism itself. If we consider the grave crisis we have lived through since the Council, the signs that this prophecy has been fulfilled do not seem to be lacking. End lengthy quote. Sister Lucia hinted at this herself, that there was a revolt happening within the church that was tantamount to apostasy. She hinted at this in a letter written to Pope Paul VI, whose contents here are described by a Fatima scholar in an article on 1 Peter 5, where he says, quote, in her letter, Sister Lucia spoke about a diabolical revolt that was being promoted by the powers of darkness, with errors being made against God, his church, her doctrines and dogmas, Simons told Catholic World Report. She said that the church was going through an agony in Gethsemane, and that there was a worldwide disorientation that is martyring the church. She wrote to encourage Paul VI as vicar of Christ on earth, and to tell him of her and others' steadfastness to him to Christ and his church in the midst of the revolt, end quote. Interesting that during this revolt against the faith inside the church, heaven wanted people to remain steadfast, and one might even say to cling rigidly to the faith. Food for thought. We all know of Paul VI's lament in the face of the rising chaos at the council that through some fissure the smoke of Satan had entered the church, but not as many know of what Cardinal Pacelli said before he became Pope Pius XII about the message of Fatima back in 1931, eight years before he ascended the papacy. He clearly knew the contents of messages Lucia was receiving that the general public then and now do not know. Cardinal Pacelli said, quote, I am worried by the Blessed Virgin messages to Lucia Fatima. This persistence of Mary about the dangers which menace the church is a divine warning against the self-destruction of altering the faith in her liturgy. I hear all around me innovators who wish to dismantle the sacred chapel, destroy the universal flame of the true faith of the church, reject her ornaments, and make her feel remorse for his, her historical past. A day will come when the civilized world will deny its God, when the church will doubt as Peter doubted. She will be tempted to believe that man has become God. End quote. In our time when the church promotes an almost entirely materialistic message of human fraternity and development and works-based doctrine embodied by Francis's constant messages denigrating contemplative religious orders, Pacelli's warnings are most poignant. That sets the stage for why we must make reparation and penance, at least for the sins of the hierarchy, for their attempt to remake the Catholic faith into a worldly image. But Sister Lucia had a lot to say on that issue in her famous but otherwise hidden interview with Father Fuentes, which was the last authorized interview she gave before she was silenced by the Vatican, an interview that cost Father Fuentes his ecclesiastical career, 
which had been on an upward trajectory until he published this interview, which made it clear that Pius XII's consecrations had not been in keeping with the will of heaven. And since John Paul II said that he was renewing Pius XII's consecrations when he did his in 1984, it would go. It would stand to reason that his were not accepted either, despite the propaganda from the modernists in Rome trying to say otherwise, including their fabrication of letters that Sister Lucia simply never wrote and have been debunked thoroughly since. Her message in this interview is pretty straightforward. The laity that we must do specific kinds of penance and hold specific devotions to please heaven in order for the consecration to happen. And why would must we do that? Because we can merit graces for the popes to act with courage to do what must be done. And clearly the laity have not done so. And the consecration probably still hasn't been accomplished yet. And I know that that's an unpopular opinion right now. Feel free to disagree with me in the comments, please. We can have a peaceful dialogue about this if you want. But here are the words of Sister Lucia from that famous interview. Quote, Thus the devil does everything to overcome souls consecrated to God, because in this way he will succeed in leaving the souls of the faithful abandoned by their leaders. Thereby the more easily will he seize them. Tell them also, Father, that my cousins Francisco and Jacinta sacrificed themselves because, in all the apparitions of the Most Holy Virgin, they always saw her very sad. She never smiled at us. This sadness, this anguish that we noted in her, penetrated our souls because of the offenses against God and the punishments which menace sinners. Father, that is why my mission is not to indicate to the world the material punishments which will certainly happen if the world does not pray and do penance beforehand. No, my mission is to indicate to everyone the imminent danger we are in of losing our souls for all eternity if we remain obstinate in sin. Father, we should not wait for an appeal to the world from, to come from Rome on the part of the Holy Father to do penance, nor should we wait for the call to do penance to come from our bishops and our dioceses, nor from the religious congregations. No, our Lord has already very often used these means and the world has not paid attention. That is why now it is necessary for each one of us to begin to reform himself spiritually. Each person must not only save his own soul, but also help all the souls that God has placed on our path. Father, the Most Holy Virgin did not tell me that we are in the last times of the world, but she made me understand this for three reasons. The first reason is as follows. She told me that the devil is about to wage a decisive battle against the Blessed Virgin, and a decisive battle is the final battle where one side will be victorious and the other side will suffer defeat. Also, from now on we must choose sides. Either we are for God or we are for the devil. There is no in-between. The second reason is as follows. She said to my cousins as well as to myself that God is giving two last remedies to the world, the Holy Rosary and the devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. These are the last two remedies which signify that there will be no others. The third reason is as follows. In the plans of divine providence, God always, before he is about to chastise the world, exhausts all other remedies. Now, when he sees that the world has not heeded any of them, he offers us with a certain trepidation the last means of salvation, his most holy mother. Indeed, if we despise and reject this last means, we will not have any more forgiveness from heaven, because we will have committed a sin which the gospel calls the sin against the Holy Ghost. This sin consists of openly rejecting, with full knowledge and consent, the salvation which he offers. Let us remember that Jesus Christ is a very good son, and that he does not permit that we offend and despise his holy mother. We have recorded through many centuries of church history the evident testimony which demonstrates by the terrible chastisements which have befallen those who have attacked the honor of his most holy mother, how our Lord Jesus Christ has always defended the honor of his mother. 
Two means for saving the world are prayer and sacrifice. Look, Father, the most holy virgin in these last times in which we live has given a new efficacy to the recitation of the rosary to such an extent that there is no problem, no matter how difficult it is, temporal or especially spiritual, in the personal life of each one of us, of our families, of the families of the world or of religious communities, or even of the lives of people and nations that cannot be solved by the rosary. There is no problem, I tell you, no matter how difficult it is, that we cannot resolve by the prayer of the Most Holy Rosary. With the Holy Rosary, we will save ourselves. We will sanctify ourselves. We will console our Lord and obtain the salvation of many souls. Finally, devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, our Most Holy Mother, consists in considering her as the seat of mercy, of goodness, and of pardon, and as the sure door of entering heaven. End quote. Those are the words of Sister Lucia in one of her most famous but very difficult to find interviews that she gave just before she was silenced. The devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary consists here in two things mainly. Largely ignored by the Vatican in all of its many decades of pro-Fatima messages, and by the laity, who for the most part are unaware of the central message of Fatima. The first part is a traditional devotion to the Immaculate Heart, which consists in focusing and praying on the love Mary had in her heart for our Lord. We see these in her statements like in the Fiat and in the Memorare, where they depict total submission to God in all things, an absolute love for him and for the mystery of salvation. It is an act of submission beyond all normal human comprehension. Mary is the guidestone for understanding it. There is no traditional rote prayers or exercises like in many other devotions, and that is partially to do with the fact that the Church has never proclaimed a Marian feast day dedicated to the Immaculate Heart. Challenge you to find it on the pre-conciliar or post-conciliar calendars. You won't find it. There are a few local feast days in various dioceses dedicated to this, but in reality, nothing from the top of the church. And that is one of the issues with this consecration. The laity have failed to do our part in following the will of heaven. Our lady said to Sister Lucia that God wished to establish devotion to her immaculate heart. And that has not happened in any real way, save for people wisely and piously enthroning images of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary in their homes, which is recommended for every faithful person. But the other devotion to the Immaculate Heart is the central one of the Fatima message, the keeping of the five first Saturdays devotion, which is an act of penance and reparation made for the sins committed against Our Lady, which anger our Lord. In 1925, Our Lady explained in a vision to Sister Lucia the request for the five first Saturdays devotion. Quote, See, my daughter, my heart encircled by thorns, which ungrateful men pierce it at every moment by their blasphemies and ingratitude. Do you at least strive to console me? Tell them that I promise to assist at the hour of death with the graces necessary for salvation, all those who, in order to make reparation to me on the first Saturday of five consecutive months, go to confession, receive Holy Communion, say five decades of the rosary, and keep me company for a quarter of an hour, meditating on the mysteries of the rosary. End quote. Note that it's 15 minutes of meditation on the 15 traditional mysteries of the rosary. I'll have a link today in my show notes to an article on Sister Lucia's method for meditating on the mysteries of the rosary. And you can find it at returntotradition.org. That's the name of this podcast with a .org at the end. Just get past the Patreon pop-up unless you want to become a patron of the channel, since there's no paywall for my sources, and you'll see the link in the post for this episode. And I would just post a link directly to the article in the comments, but our hosts don't like links to things that have advertisements on them. It's a policy of theirs. Anyway, our Lord visited Sister Lucia later and gave more context. What are we making reparation for, precisely? In 1930, our Lord told Sister Lucia, quote, Daughter, the motive is simple. There are five kinds of offenses and blasphemies spoken against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. First, blasphemies against the Immaculate Conception. 
second, against her virginity, third, against the divine maternity, refusing at the same time to receive her as the mother of mankind, fourth, those who seek publicly to implant in the hearts of children indifference, disrespect, and even hate for this immaculate mother, fifth, those who revile her directly in her sacred images. Here, dear daughter, is the motive that led the Immaculate Heart of Mary to petition me to ask for this small act of reparation, out of regard for her, to move my mercy to pardon those souls who have had the misfortune to offend her. As for you, seek endlessly with your prayers and sacrifices to move me to mercy in regard to these poor souls. End quote. One of the great problems we've had in the Church in our time is that all of the popes of the past 100 years failed, not to only properly do the requested consecration as requested, and no, Sister Lucia never said it was done properly. The letters tied to her that claim that have been debunked long ago and were the fabrication of a corrupt Vatican official. Not only have the popes failed to consecrate as requested due to political pressures that are absolutely absurd when put in the light of the salvation of souls, but they've also failed to promote, or, as some have suggested, require the five first Saturdays to be kept. The consecration will probably not be done until this is accomplished. Full stop. And why? Because we merit graces for the popes when we do this. Because it goes back to what I started with. Penance. And what are we being asked to do penance for? We're being asked to do penance for the apostasy and heresies of our time in the church. The total rejection of the social reign of Christ the King. The acceptance and promotion of universal salvation. The rejection of our Lord as the only means of salvation. All of it, which has been promoted to some degree or another by every pope since the council as evidenced by the false ecumenism of the past few decades, by the fact that so many Catholics refuse to understand and accept that the conversion to the Catholic faith of that country requested to be consecrated has not happened, that schism and heresy are central to the Orthodox Church since they refuse the dogmas surrounding the papacy and even some dogmas of the faith that pertain to the Blessed Virgin Mary. So what did you think of this? This topic required a longer-than-usual episode today, so thanks for those who made it to the end and watched a few of the ads YouTube likes to place on these longer videos. Do you think this should be called a We Were Warned video? Let me know in the comments. But the topic is important. There has been no universal call to repentance from the popes in any real way since Vatican II. No call for the Five First Saturdays devotion. No major bishops or cardinals championing the cause of the First Saturdays. Most Catholics of goodwill who try to learn the Fatima message and adhere to it only found out about the five First Saturdays devotion recently. I've seen reports of parishes suddenly being asked if they have a First Saturday Mass. And I've done videos on the First Saturdays devotion before, and I guess you could say this is another. And I would recommend, if you want to keep this devotion, find a place that has a dedicated First Saturday Mass. They're harder to find, but you should be able to find one. I would not do a vigil Mass because the priest will then give homilies about at the First Saturday Mass about penance for these sins, and he will offer the Mass, in addition to everything else he typically does, for the intentions of the First Saturday's devotion. And so I sit, that's why I suggest you go to a Mass dedicated as such. But there has been no call to repentance, and there's been no call for penance related to this. Why do you think that is? Is it because in the post-conciliar era we've been treated to a message from the pulpit that dare we hope that all men are saved, to borrow a phrase from the suspected heretic Karl Rahner? Is that why? Has this apostasy already happened, and most Catholics aren't even aware of it? Well, let me know in the comments, please. I'm working on something to make the concept of heresy clearer for everyone, what the Church teaches on heresy, and it'll be a weekend video. And I should have that up soon, I would hope, maybe this Saturday or th thereafter. 
But let me know what you think of this. And like and subscribe if you haven't. It does really help. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.